All right, guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the uh, Rough Sports Pod. Uh, did a Chiefs one back uh, about three or four weeks ago. It's been a while, so hopefully now that it's summer, I'm going to actually be cranking out a lot more. Uh, one thing that I noticed in the first podcast was there's there was a couple echoes throughout the session, and then my voice was just very soft throughout the entire thing. It sounded like I was like talking in my like closet at like three in the morning, like trying to not wake my like extremely like abusive stepfather i don't i don't really know what was going on but i'm gonna try to talk a little closer to the mic i guess i might sound way too loud this time but we're gonna give it a different uh take this time we're gonna definitely be a little closer to the mic Uh, i just got this thing so hopefully we do a little bit better but um yeah so we talked chiefs last time and we're gonna be talking chicago bears today so essentially just what they did in the off season uh what they did in the draft and uh yeah, we're going to just break down basically from my standpoint what I thought of their offseason and draft and what I expect of them going forward. And there's definitely going to be a little bit of good. All right, so basically we're going to just talk about everything they've done within their offseason. So I guess let's just start off with how it started. Um, they go ahead and fire Matt Nagy and uh, Ryan Pace, their GM. Um, they're starting a new regime under Ryan Poles. Uh, they got him. He was the director of player personnel over at Kansas City last year. Um, he started there as a scouting assistant in 09 and uh, kind of just worked his way up the ranks since then. Uh, got promoted to director, assistant director of player personnel there at, in uh, 2016. So he was one of the bigger factors in overseeing the player personnel when it came to drafting Tyreek Hill in that draft. Uh, 2017, obviously Mahomes. Uh, and then a lot of these players throughout the years. Uh, we were able to get Creed Humphrey, uh, debatably the best center in football last year uh, from a PFF standpoint. And uh, Nick Bolton, who was a great uh, servable asset at the linebacker position for us in the second round. So, yeah, with him doing what he's been doing, he's been uh, definitely proving that he is great in the draft. So I guess we'll talk about the draft that they, he had with the Bears later. But I like the move. Um, I don't really know too much about him, obviously, because he really hasn't done anything from a front office standpoint other than player personnel, so GM's obviously a big step for him. Um, From his rapid growth in the Kansas City Chiefs organization, I would like to think that he's done a very good job and he's been very successful and motivated, so that's definitely promising. Uh, So to bring in for head coach, they bring in defensive-minded head coach Matt Eberflus uh, from the Colts. He was the defensive coordinator there. Actually, was the defensive coordinator at uh, the University of Missouri for a little bit back in the day, so that's pretty cool to see. Um, and then with that, they bring in defensive coordinator Alan Williams. He comes with Eberflus from the Colts, so they have some chemistry together, and they'll definitely be able to, uh, I guess, have similar uh, motives for what they want this defense to look like. Um, and then they bring in Luke Getze at offensive coordinator. Uh, seven years with the Packers. Uh, was most recently the passing game coordinator and QB coach there. So uh, hopefully Getze obviously has oversaw Aaron Rodgers for uh, over seven years. So uh, I'm sure he's able to give a decent bit of help to Justin Fields in that uh, development process. So now we're just going to kind of dive into what happened within the offseason. We'll kind of talk about who they lost and uh, who they got. So... Basically, all of their signings were basically just one-year deals. So I like to think that, obviously, the regime that 
was previous with Nagy and Pace obviously had different things in mind for what the Bears were going to do with Justin Fields and what exactly they were going to do with him. So basically everybody got signed to one-year deals. I think it's kind of prove it or lose it for most of the guys. They didn't really sign any big names. They actually got rid of most of their big names, whether just losing them in free agency or trading them away like they did Cleo Mack. But all one-year deals, just kind of, I think, figuring out what players work well within their system that they're going to be having. So they they signed majority of their players to one-year deals. Um, let's talk about who they got rid of. So obviously A-Rob, lose him in free agency. He got the franchise tag last year. He was obviously not happy with his spot in the Chicago Bears, and I think everybody saw this coming. Nobody really expected A-Rob to come back. Um, Eddie Goldman, he's gone. Uh, they trade Khalil Mack, and they actually free up a lot of cap space because obviously they're going to take the cap hit for this year, but going forward they're going to free up some cap space for the next couple years for uh, getting players around Justin Fields, which they failed to do uh, this year, that's for sure. Um, they lose Bilal Nichols, James Daniel. They release Tariq Cohen and Danny Trevathan. Uh, they did get back a second-round pick for Khalil Mack, so they didn't lose him just entirely for nothing. They did get a second-round pick. Uh, I'm not sure whether they turned that into Kyler Gordon or Jaquan Brisker. I'm assuming it was the Brisker pick, considering Gordon was the first pick, and obviously the Bears finished a lot worse than the Chargers, so I would guess it was Brisker rather than uh, Gordon, who they turned that second-round pick into. They also got a 2023 sixth-rounder, obviously not very impactful compared to the second-rounder they got this year, but... um. Let's talk about some of their signings now. Um, they signed Lucas Patrick, offensive lineman from the Packers. I believe that he will most likely be starting at center for them. Um, and I'm going to name all these players, and you're going to probably not know any of them because there's really no player that stands out as like a really good player or an impactful player. So I think it was basically just getting depth on that team and figuring out what players are going to do better in the system that – or, uh, Poles and Eberflus are going to instill in this team. So, Lucas Patrick, he's probably going to be center. Um, they signed Byron Pringle and Equinemius St. Brown. Uh, two wide receivers, one from the Chiefs, Pringle, and then Brown, St. Brown is from the Packers. So, getting another guy that obviously was playing with Getze, uh, their offensive coordinator. So, those are the two players that they're going to really have around uh, – Darnell Mooney, they don't really have any other receiving weapons other than Vilas Jones, who they got in the third, but we'll talk about him later. They get Dane Kruikshank, uh, safety from the Titans. Don't know too much about him. He's a pretty, he's a bigger safety. He, he guards tight ends pretty well. He's done rather well in that job. Um, let's see here. Al-Quadin Muhammad, obviously probably another person that you're not going to know who that is, but... He's going to play that edge left outside linebacker role, whereas Robert Quinn, obviously, we know him, right outside linebacker edge position. Um, so both of those guys kind of blitz the quarterback. Um, they don't do too much coverage, but they signed Justin Jones uh, from the Chargers. Pretty solid player against the run, uh, not too special against the pass. He's pretty big interior lineman. They did sign uh, Larry Ogunjobi. Um, might have butchered that last name. I think I did a decent job. But they, they signed him, and then the deal actually fell through, so they weren't able to get him. So I believe that is partially the reason why they go, went out and got Justin Jones from the Chargers. Um, DeAndre Houston Carter is a D-back. He signed for one year. Not really don't know anything about him. Uh, Nicholas Morrow, linebacker. 
now he might be replacing that uh, Trevathan role, um, right inside linebacker esque. Um, we'll see about that. Uh, Dakota Dozier, uh, he played with Minnesota. Uh, I think he had pretty decent draft capital to his name a couple years ago, but he has played absolutely atrocious for them um, in his starting role, especially last year. He did not do very good, so maybe he will start on the offensive line, but, I mean, anything's possible with how bad this offensive line is, so who knows, but, yeah, he is not a good player. Tavon Young, cornerback, and then they did sign an offensive lineman, Ryan Bates, from the Bills, but... um, the Bills, I believe, had him as an unrestricted free agent or something along those lines, or maybe a tender, a free agency tender or something along those lines, because the Bills ended up matching what the Bears offered and then were able to sign him. He was probably projected to play right guard for the team with uh, Cody White here playing long uh, left guard. So that's kind of who they added. A couple guys that are still in free agency. Um, I'm not sure at this point whether they are or not, but Akeem Hicks is still out there, I believe. Let's see if Akeem Hicks is signed with anyone. I don't think so, just because of how old he is. And he's probably just trying to look for the proper team. Yeah, I don't think he's on a team currently, um, still in free agency. And then Jason Peters, obviously another older player. Um, let's see if he signed anywhere else. Yeah, it doesn't appear so, so... I don't think they're going to get either of those guys back. Obviously, this is a young team, a new regime with Poles and Eberflus, so I don't really think they're going to bring back any like of those seasoned veterans. I think they're looking for the future and trying to figure things out. So now, I guess let's kind of just talk about what their offense and defenses are going to look like. Um, it's, a, it's actually pretty funny, the amount of players like, I would love to just do a quick little pause and you guys try to name as many of the defensive players apart from the players they got in the draft that are on this uh, roster. Because I would be surprised if prior to me naming some of the players they just signed within the past couple months in free agency, I would have been surprised how many players you could have named. I would have, I would have said probably four with Roquan, uh, Eddie Jackson, Jalen Johnson, and then Robert Quinn. Also, I don't know if any of you guys know this uh, fun little statistic, but Robert Quinn actually broke the uh, sack record for the Bears last year at 18.5, I believe. That was held by Richard Dent previous. But um, I doubt very many people knew that. It's a rather impressive statistic, and I did not actually know he did as well as he did when it came to sacks last year with 18.5, I believe. All right, so let's get into this defense. Um, I'm just kind of looking at PFF. We obviously, with all the one-year signings and training camp yet to happen and the preseason yet to happen, we really, nothing is set in stone with who's going to play where and what exactly role they're going to have. Um, obviously, with this new regime, Everflus, we don't really know exactly what they're going to be running, uh, similar to what Nagy was doing uh, in his regime. So we'll just have to play that by ear. But obviously, Robert Quinn's going to be starting, Jalen Johnson at quarterback, cornerback, excuse me, and then... I'm assuming Gordon will probably come in and instantaneously start as the second cornerback. Uh, obviously, Chiefs picked up his uh, fellow teammate at the cornerback position, Trent McDuffie. McDuffie's a little smaller than Gordon. Gordon plays a little larger. Um, then they get Brisker, I believe, out of Penn State in the second round. Um, he'll possibly start at the strong safety position, uh, aside from Eddie Jackson at the free safety. Um, and then Roquan, obviously, in the middle. And then, obviously, this D-line is up for grabs with all the random people they signed. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how it is. Um, 
their defense looks extremely troublesome when it comes to how they're going to play. So let's hope that Eberflus can do something like he kind of did with the Colts when he came in there. And uh, I believe he came in in 2018 and he played, er, he kind of turned that defense around uh, rather quickly and rather well. Um, so yeah, that's the defense. Let's talk about the offense. Um, I know that their offensive line was probably the biggest struggle for Justin Fields last year. He never had time to throw. He never had the time to kind of just sit on his reads and make those reads. He always seemed to be scrambling out of the pocket and being forced to just not go through his motions like he should be as a rookie quarterback and development-wise. So they didn't really do much in the offseason, which is why I'm just kind of pondering what exactly this new system has in mind for what they're going to be doing. But um, I'll just talk about the t- offensive uh, line position, I guess, and kind of who's supposed to be starting where. So they got Larry Borum at left tackle, Tavon Jenkins at right tackle. Jenkins has played absolutely horrible, um, not the best. I don't think he played very much last year, though, but he was a second-round pick last year, and I don't I don't know how Let's see how many snaps he played. Yeah, he didn't play too many snaps. Uh, I guess he... He started playing around week 14, but, man, he was bad. Um, Patrick, like we talked about, um, going to be possibly the center. White hair at left guard. Solid, not bad. I mean, he's the one player at, on this offensive line that's decent. Um, then they have Justin Fields, obviously, and David Montgomery in the backfield. Uh, Khalil Herbert's going to still be there. I believe they also got, like, a halfback in the draft later on. As a, I think he kind of resembles like a Tariq Cohen type of player, but I don't know. We'll talk about draft players later. But um, then they got Komet, obviously a young tight end. Um, maybe he can make a step and get some rapport with Justin Fields this year. Uh, just maybe his safety blanket um, in the middle of the field, just check downs and whatnot. Um, then they have Mooney. Mooney actually did really good without A-Rob last year and the opportunities he was presented. Um, definitely the one player that grew some rapport in that rookie season with Justin Fields, uh, seemed to be his favorite target, uh, was able to connect with him on some good deep balls throughout the season. Uh, Equinemia St. Brown really hasn't been able to prove anything on the Packers, and then now he's going to come here to help support Jay Fields. He's nothing special whatsoever. He's just another guy. And then they get Pringle from the Chiefs. Now, I didn't mind Pringle as a Chiefs fan, I thought he was a decent wide receiver, but you know what you're getting with him. He's nothing special. He can make a play every now and then, but you can't really rely on him. So that's kind of who they got currently for their wide receiver spots. Um, obviously, Velas Jones in the draft. We'll talk about him later. And then David Montgomery. I believe this is his last year as a rookie um, until they have to determine whether they're going to re-sign him or not. Um, and just my thoughts on the running back position. I really think that running back's the most replaceable position in the entire league. David Montgomery's a decent, solid running back, but it, with you losing that Khalil uh, Mack uh, salary cap situation and you having a lot of salary cap to build on next year, I don't think it's wise to really sign David Montgomery back. I think there should be more um, receiving weapons compared to running the ball. And obviously with the offensive line situation, it's just I don't think they're going to be running the ball too much. 
Um, all right, so that's basically the uh, the roster, the projected roster, according to kind of what PFF has to say for lineup position. There's obviously nothing set in stone, new regime, nobody knows anything, but that's basically what their base defense would look like and a three-wide receiver personnel would look like. So now let's kind of talk about the draft. So in the draft, they go ahead and snag at pick 39 of the second round. They get Kyler Gordon out of Washington. Trey McDuffie goes to the Chiefs in the first round, so they get his counterpart. Um, I, I like the pick. Um, he seems like a solid cornerback to go out and get. Uh, Pohl said his uh, movement skills were outstanding. And he graded excuse me, he graded rather well in the athletic score when it came to just his overall metrics as a, like a composite agility, composite speed, explosion, and then his just overall size grade. I mean, he graded well for a cornerback. Next, they get at pick 48, which is what I expect the Chargers pick was, Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State, a safety, kind of a ball hawk type of player. Um, now, both of these guys are solid players and were obviously high on draft boards of many analysts and experts, but when it came to the Bears situation, should they have really been picking cornerback and safety here? Now, I understand Eberflus is a defensive-minded coach, and I understand that this is probably a two- or three-year rebuild but shouldn't you try to be getting as much help as you physically and possibly can to that second-year quarterback in Justin Fields, whether it be an offensive play, uh, lineman or a wide receiver? I mean, if you look at his wide receivers and you look at his offensive line, they're going to be near the bottom 5 to 10% of the league when it comes to cores. That offensive line is still absolutely atrocious. The wide receiver room is still very, very incapable when it comes to servicing and getting Justin Fields the players he needs around him to build and be successful. So I, they're putting a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility simply on Justin Fields and his peer talent. Now, obviously, a lot of people came out and said Justin Fields was going to be one of the best quarterbacks to come out of that draft, if not the best, and was going to be a star in the NFL. But like we've seen with many stars in quotation marks, when you don't have the assets around you and the offensive line to give you time and actually develop as a quarterback and understand and go through your reads and progressions, it is hard to become that star, regardless of how truly good you are. That's why we see Mahomes be so successful when he's put into a situation with Andy Reid as his coach and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey already on the get-go to throw to. When you see Josh Allen, he struggled in his first couple years. They go out and get Stephon Diggs to go around him. I mean, it's just finding those key players to put around your success, your young quarterback to make them successful. You see that in so many situations. You see with Trevor Lawrence, they hire the wrong coach. They don't really have the weapons around him, and he has what was projected to be one of the best quarterbacks in the draft since Luck and Manning, one of the worst rookie seasons um, in the past probably decade. Um, obviously, Urban Meyer has a lot to do with that, but it's just it's just hard for me to understand the mindset of these coaches and the staff when they're going to go out and get two good uh, defensive players when Justin Fields is the guy they need to really build around, and they need to build around him. They need to get him the assets that will make him more successful and make it easier to be successful. He's got a hard he's got a hard challenge to do this year, and with these two picks, I just don't understand why they were doing it. They had Pickens on the board. 
They still had Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor. They still had Sky Moore, who the Chiefs were able to trade back to and still get. I mean, all three of those guys, I don't know what they were graded on their draft board or how they were actually sought out via this Bears draft board, but they just, they were there at that pick 49, even if they wanted Gordon, or 48, excuse me. Even if they wanted Gordon, they can get Gordon. But get a wide receiver with that second pick. There's so many still on the board. And this next guy we're going to talk about, I just really don't know what I think about him. So in round three, pick 71, we get, the Bears get Vilas Jones out of Tennessee. Now he's 25 years old. I mean, one of the oldest, if not the oldest, I don't really know where he is on that comparison chart, but he is 25 years old coming into the NFL as a rookie. I mean, that is just absolutely absurd. Um, Considering he's going to get a four-year contract for his rookie deal, and he's not even going to be 29, which is 29-30 is typically the year that wide receiver production begins to slowly decline in a wide receiver just when it comes to statistics and the regression point. It's typically 29 or 30 years old when wide receivers tend to slowly go on a downhill decline and it progressively gets larger and larger per year, year after year. So even after his rookie contract, he's already going to be at that point where on average, most wide receivers tend to begin to fall off and decline in their capabilities. So I don't really know what to think about this uh, pick. Other than his pure speed grades, he really doesn't do anything well. He's rather small. Uh, Agility-wise, he was graded on a very poor scale. I mean, we see here that he's a 1.12 on the shuttle, and a three-cone drill, he's 1.63. And this is on a out of 10 scale. So we're just seeing that other than his speed factors, he really doesn't have anything going for him. He's very small as well. So I, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think, I guess, maybe obviously playing a slot role, maybe get some like option plays going and some jet motions, kind of like a Debo Samuel role, but a smaller player, like getting out in space and just creating with that sheer speed. I don't really know how they're going to use him, and I don't really know or what to expect from him. So they get him in the third round, and then they don't pick until the fifth. They came in with, I believe, six picks in the draft, five or six, I believe six. And they ended up coming out with, I think, 11 players. So good on pace to make sure, or excuse me, pace. God, we don't want to say that name ever again. Good on polls to at least find a way to bring in young talent and trade back in certain situations to get extra guys on this roster to just compete for spots because that's really what they need. With all these one-year signings, they just need guys to compete for spots. So they get Braxton Jones out of Southern Utah. And um, I actually heard some good things about this about this pick from, uh, I guess, just some guys on Twitter, some offensive tackle and uh, just O-linemen analysts and uh, former players, and they like what he brought to the table over at Utah. I believe Southern Utah, I guess. Um. Obviously, I don't really know what to think about offensive linemen. They need offensive linemen, so good on them getting an offensive tackle. I guess he fell a little bit farther than people inspect, er, expected. So him in the fifth round, I guess, solid. Hopefully he can come in and actually compete for one of those tackle spots. Um, I'm not sure whether he favored left tackle or right tackle more so. Um, not entirely sure, but obviously with Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins over as those tackle spots, anything's possible if he has a good camp and a good preseason, maybe he'll come in and start off the gate. All right, continuing on. Dominique Robinson, edge, pick 174 in round five, uh, out of Miami, Ohio. 
Obviously, these guys are late round picks. Don't know too much about them. I'm just going to briefly talk about them. Sure. Um, I guess at this point, it's kind of just best player available in certain situations. If this guy was ranked a lot higher than where he is, then you just go out and get him. Not much else to say about that. I'm sure he must have been somebody they thought shouldn't have fall, fallen this far. And in these type of rounds, you kind of just go out those, go get those guys that um, kind of just strike you as uh, values in the draft and just do that BPA, best player available. Round six, we go out and go ahead and get, I keep saying we, I'm a freaking Chiefs fan. Uh, the Bears go out and get offensive tackle Zach Thomas out of San Diego State. Another guy to just go in and compete. Not much to talk about. I don't really know. Uh, he grades in the 9.78 percentile, or not percentile, but a 9.78 out of 10 or higher on all his uh, measurable speed grades at the offensive tackle. I guess he's offensive guard here. Maybe not offensive tackle. I don't know. I guess maybe he can play both. He's rather versatile. I don't, I'm don't. i not really sure on that. But um, yeah, he grades really well when it comes to agility and speed. So he, he seems to be a type of guy that... Um, can go get out in space. Um, so, yeah, he'll be competing. They go and get Ebner from Baylor. That's the running back. I couldn't remember who it was. He's a six-round pick. Now, he uh, returned kicks for them, uh, Baylor. So, even regardless of him even getting any touches on the offensive side of the ball, he'll definitely most likely be um, possibly, probably their kick returner, if not their punt returner at the least. So, those are two things I would have to say about him. Um He's not the biggest guy. He's a pretty fast player. So, like Velas Jones, he doesn't grade very well in anything other than that speed grade. Another offensive lineman, Doug Kramer out of Illinois. Once again, I don't know really much about offensive line players. There's not much to go off of. Um, obviously, just getting as many offensive linemen to get into this room and compete because that's kind of what they need at this point. They just need guys that are going to motivate other guys to, I want to get this spot, I'm going to be the best and just compete with each other. That's the key. I think that's what they're doing in these later rounds. They go out and get another guy, offensive lineman, Jaitir Carter out of Southern. I didn't even know that was a college. And then round seven, uh, Elijah Hicks, safety out of California. Don't know much about him. And then they go and get a punter, Trenton Gill. I believe they just signed a punter to uh, Ryan Winslow or something. I don't really remember what his name was. But I guess... Competing in the punter room is key, man. But um, I've broken down the draft, talked about their draft, talked about their offseason, and now it's kind of my expectations for what this team is actually going to be doing. Now, Vegas has this win total at, let's see here, I believe it's 6.5. Over under 6.5. Now, I am a betting man, so... If I were to pick, I would unfortunately go under. I really do not see much success in the future. or Not, not future. I, I'll stop myself with that. This specific year, I do not see very much success whatsoever in this first year of this new regime with Justin Fields. They did not give him any weapons. They did not give him any help on the offensive line for him to just be more safe at the quarterback position. I'm very worried for his development for this year, and I do not think they're going to be very successful I would project them to be one of the bottom three to five teams in the NFL. Only two teams that I would happily put under them as having a worst record would be the the um, Texans and the Falcons. Obviously, the Falcons with Mariota uh, losing Ridley for the year for that suspension for gambling. Um, 
I mean, they're just in a lot of trouble. The Falcons are in a lot of trouble. And then the Texans. Obviously, Lovey Smith's coming in. They get some decent capital in the draft, and they, they make some decent picks. They get Stingley at three. But um, I just I, I think the Texans are definitely in a hard time. They don't, they don't have anybody other than Davis Mills, so they're going to run it out with Davis Mills. But those are really the only two teams that I see being worse than them, and those are the two teams that are probably going to go out and get Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud in the draft to picks one and two probably next year, unless somebody comes on like a Joe Burrow type of year and takes over that one or two uh, one or two draft spot. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm going under. I don't see them winning more than six games, and I don't. I could, I could easily see them winning four games. That's the unfortunate truth in my opinion. Um, I like I like the Lions to win more games than them. I mean, I just really don't see a path for success whatsoever in this year unless Justin Fields really just is the greatest quarterback of all time and does an abnormally large jump from year one to year two with very minimal assets around him on a success, uh, I guess, standard. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go under on their win total if I were to be a betting man. I really don't have high expectations at all for this team. Um I would really be hoping to have that bad year and get that draft capital for next year. Um, obviously, salary cap-wise, they should be a lot better off for next year to sign some key players. I don't really know any specific offensive linemen that go into free agency next year, but they're definitely going to be needing to sign some players within this next offseason, especially probably unless all these late draft picks start to pan out and that their offensive line it somehow turns into a great team for this next upcoming year. But yeah, so twenty twenty three, let's see here, how much cap space they have ninety six million dollars in cap space for this next upcoming year. Huh. Let's see here. I mean yeah, they are paying nobody. This is rather good. Um, they're going to have so much money to pay certain free agents and certain wide receivers to come in, and that's going to be the key. So, I mean, from a cap space standpoint, you can maybe see and understand what they're trying to do with Justin Fields in this regime. They're trying to build a solid defensive core like they had in the first year where Nagy won Coach of the Year, I believe it was in 2017, 2018, probably 2017 if I were to guess. It was 2017 because it was the first year of Mitch Trubisky, I believe, and that was when they actually did relatively well and had that 12-4 and four season, I believe. But I guess they're trying to bring back a solid defense to kind of, I guess, just limit the amount of mistakes that their offense can make. So bringing in young players, trying to get that solid defense around fields so that he doesn't have to win those all-out battles like Mahomes has had to do in his past couple years, just scoring 35 points a game. So I guess you can understand from this concept that they're trying to build for the future. Obviously, I understand that. I just don't agree with literally getting him absolutely no help in this next upcoming year. I think it's going to hurt his development. I just, I don't, I understand what they're trying to do. But when it comes to this type of situation, we, you want to have Justin Fields get these assets as soon as possible to grow rapport with them and to understand the playbook with them and to work on those relationships on the offensive level. Now, 
if they just really think Justin Fields is as good as he is, yeah, sure, maybe he'll be successful in this first first year, and then that's why they're going to bring in this next year when the cap space comes in and they can get some seasoned veterans around him and maybe sign some offensive linemen and figure out which guys that they drafted in this rookie season are going to come out and be successful in these later rounds. So I can understand the idea behind what they're doing. A lot of Bears fans, I'm sure, are all for it. They're obviously going to be trusting Poles, and they're going to be trusting the Eberflus, and they're going to be hoping that this is kind of this year where they don't expect much, and then going forward, they're going to use all this cap space to build around fields to get that core offense and core defense to just play really well together. But I would like to see a lot more help in the draft for fields and maybe the offseason. They really didn't have any cap space to use this season this season with them taking the dead money hit of Khalil Mack of $24 million. Uh, they lost Nick Foles $7.6 million. They're paying Nick Foles $7.6 million this year. That is absurd. Dalton's got $5 million. Eddie Goldman, $5.15. They have $52 million in dead cap space this year. That just goes to show how, I guess, that just goes to show how hard it was for Poles and um, Eberflus to make this uh, season a success. But I would have liked to see a George Pickens, Sky Moore, Tyquan Thornton type of pick at that pick 48 position for Brisker. I don't mind the Gordon pick. He's a solid player. But I would have preferred a wide receiver other than Vilas Jones. I don't know what I think about Vilas Jones. But basically, going back to what I was saying, Poles proved that he is a successful and hardworking, um, I guess, mind in the NFL. He, he started as just a scouting assistant, and he progressively moved up for the Kansas City ranks and became the assistant director of player personnel in 16 after seven years of working and then mound his way to, in 2021 to that director of player personnel. So he has done well in the draft, and there's a reason he has continued to get promotions and continued to become more important to a team. And now here he is at the GM position. I like polls. I like what he's done, but at the same time, I do not like what he's done. Now there's two ways to look at this. Building for the future, and then there's the right now. Now, the building for the future, it looks great. It looks good. So much cap space, getting these young players to fight it out and compete, These all these one-year deals to figure out who is going to prove that they deserve to be on this team for the foreseeable future and for this next regime of the Chicago Bears. But for this year, right now, it is looking tough and it's looking bad. So it's really going to come down to this draft, and it's really going to come down to this next offseason season. And most importantly, it's going to come down to what Justin Fields can do with the minimal assets he has around him this specific year. Now, if he can find success this year, then I think there's a lot of promise in what this team can be in the next two to three years and so on and so forth. If Fields can prove that he is a competent quarterback and develop decently well in this second year with what he has at his disposal currently, I think as a Bears fan, there's a lot to be happy about. And even if you win five or six games, if what you watch on the field, if what you see from Justin Fields is special and you know it's special, then you should be happy, you should be excited, and you should feel promise for this new and completely new regime, essentially. So, yeah, that's basically all I have to say. There's promise. It's definitely for the future. It's not a now thing. Um, I don't expect you guys to win very many games. Unless, like I said, Justin Fields just turns it on and just goes ham. But with what he has, I don't see that being an actual option 
So, yeah, this is going to be the Bears podcast. Um, enjoyed talking about this. Um, definitely a lot to dig into. There's a lot of different ways to view what they've done this season or off season, I guess. I'm really excited to see how they play and what they do in this season and kind of essentially see how they end up structuring this entire team around fields and what they do on the defensive side of the ball. So as a Bears fan, don't expect much this year. I don't think very many of you are unless you're probably just an idiot. If you expect more than seven wins, you're probably an idiot. Um, No offense, but you should hold your horses and expect not much success this year. Just root for Justin Fields' development, some of these rookies to come in and make definite improvements to the team right off the bat. That's a key. And then hope that a lot of these one-year contract guys end up proving something and they end up getting a new deal for this next upcoming couple years. But without further ado, uh, this is kind of going to be the end to it. I have a plan to basically talk about the over-under win totals for every single team going forward um, for probably the, later this week, maybe on Friday, I think, maybe tomorrow even. I'm, I'm kind of ready to do it already, but we're going to kind of figure out what, or I guess when I'm going to do it. I kind of want to do it with another person and kind of talk and pick their mind along with me and see what they're thinking about a lot of these teams and uh, talk from there. But yeah, guys, this is going to be the podcast. Um, really enjoy talking about the Bears. Uh, appreciate anybody who's made it this far, and uh, I would love to hear any feedback or any responses through uh, DMs on Instagram, text me, uh, obviously you have my number, um, Snapchat, whatever. But, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what I had to say about the Bears, and I would love to just spark up a conversation and discuss what you think because that's, that, that's the thing. It's always it's good to hear different sides of the ball. Uh, you can you can obviously have your own opinion, but if you have a different opinion, I'd love to hear it, and I'd love to hear that thought process of why you have that opinion, and that's why I love talking football. There's just so many different ways to view what people are doing and what teams are doing. So, I mean, if I were to say anything, the Bears are building for the future. We can see that through what they did in the draft without really getting Fields the help that I wish he could have got, but I guess they're planning for the future. All that salary cap, uh, there's definitely things that look promising at um, in the future of the Bears. But without further ado, take it easy, guys. Bye.